Ministry Bits, episode 017, recorded May 19th, 2014. Robert Hatfield on preaching and podcasting. Ministry Bits is proud to be a part of the AIM network of podcasts. You can find more about that at adventuresinministry.com. You can also download devotionals and classes and all free resources there. And uh, make sure that you check that out at adventuresinministry.com. Show notes for this episode can be found at chatl.co slash mbits slash 017. You can find all the links to the show, that we're, all the apps and services that we're mentioning here in the show right there. Make sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash ministrybits and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ministrybits. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. I am Chad Lemon, your host here of the Ministry Bits Podcast, episode 17, and uh, we have a very special guest with us here today, and that is Mr. Robert Hatfield. Robert, how are you doing, sir? Chad, I am doing great. I am just really, really honored to be here. It's weird to be on this side of the podcasting realm. I know, right? You know, I, I haven't guested very much, so I'm excited to be here today. And I've been, I've been very honored and excited to be on your show on the Light Network, and, and Robert, you do that as a huge service to uh, the the Christian community. Uh, the lightnetwork.tv is a great place, a great source for all sorts of great podcasts. And just tell us, just a, give us a little quip. What, what is the Light Network all about? Kind of a plug for you. Sure. Well, uh, the Light Network is a, a family of podcasts dedicated to encourage, enlighten, and empower God's people to serve Him better. And uh, we have, we've had 14 shows throughout our history and uh, we have 10 of those that are currently producing shows, four of which are in archives. And, and those are shows, you mentioned my show, Preacher in, Preachers in Training, that I host. And that obviously is for preachers. But we also have shows for men in general, like Biblical Manliness. We have current events shows like Culture Shock. We've got a great book review show called The Book Club. And there's also stuff for women and wives as well. So uh, check it out, thelightnetwork.tv. Really great stuff. And it is, um, I, like I said, I've been privileged to be on a couple of your shows on Preachers in training, talking about tech stuff, and and it's always great. And and don't even don't not to confuse. You have fourteen at one point. You had fourteen different shows. You've got ten different shows now right, with different shows, guests, right. and that is just it's a treasure trove of information. So go find uh, that at the lightnetwork.tv and subscribe uh, to those in your favorite podcatcher. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, that later on in the show. More of what the technical aspects of how you make that all happen. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, as we mentioned, Robert, you are the preacher, currently at least, you're the preacher <laughs> at the East Hill Congregation in Pulaski, Tennessee, and right. uh, you will be moving here in about uh, less than 60 days to the North Charleston Church of Christ in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. So uh, yeah, that's exciting news. You just announced that, not, not today, but yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the announcement was made at both congregations yesterday. It's nice to finally have the the veil of secrecy broken. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's 
wow, it's been a rough, I mean, we've only known for a couple of weeks and, and it's been kind of rough keeping it a secret. We're so excited and, and, you know, it's bittersweet at the same time. East Hill is a great church. I grew up there and I've been preaching there now for seven years and uh, we've, we've had a great time with them, appreciate them so much. But at the same time, we're really pumped about getting to Charleston, South Carolina. The first Sunday is July the 20th, so it's it's approaching quickly. It will be here before you know it. Well, before we even get started, I just want to say that you've been a blessing to me. You've been a blessing to the Middle Tennessee area. And uh, I know that you're going to be a blessing to the coast of South Carolina out there and to the uh, churches out there uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. Very <laughs> Very affluent area. <laughs> That's right, in the low country of South Carolina. Exactly. Hey, I should warn you, by the way, um, one, one the last time I think that you were on Preachers in Training, okay, I got some I got some mail in. I don't know if I ever told you about this. I got some some feedback from a listener. I didn't even know who he was or she. I don't even know who they were. Um, and they, they called me a country bumpkin. <laughs> and they said I didn't know what I was talking about because I was talking about tech. They said, stick to Bible. So I'm just throwing that out there. I may bring down ministry bits today. I just wanted to let you know. Well, I seriously doubt that, but we uh, <laughs> we appreciate, and I mean, we appreciate you being on the show. And I most definitely have lots of words to ascribe to you, but they're, one of them is not country bumpkin. Country bumpkin. So. You know, it was a fun time. You, you put yourself out there on a podcast, you, you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. I've gotten a lot of uh, <laughs> feedback from listeners, a lot of different things from listeners. Some I never would have thought that I would have ever heard uh, from people, but uh, that's <laughs> yeah. all right. That's okay. So The way it goes. <laughs> but we can do what we can do. So we're going to talk to you primarily today, Robert, about workflows. We're going to talk about what you use and what you uh, what equipment you use, what apps you use, what different things you use. And I want to talk first about, we've got two parts here to the podcast today. I want to talk first about your preaching. You are a preacher. You do speaking engagements, gospel meetings, different things uh, like that. You, you travel a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what you use and how you manage your schedule and all those different things like that. I know that's a very loaded question, but uh, try to tackle <laughs> it as best as you can. Sure. Well, there there are several apps and services that I could not live without, and especially on the professional side of things. And uh, at the very tip top of the list, has, has aside from just the equipment that I use itself, the hardware, and I'll, maybe I'll touch on that in a minute, but I, I could not live outside of the Google-verse. Um, now, I'm a Mac guy, and I have an iPhone, and but I'm talking about I, I use Gmail, and I use Google Calendar, and that is a very important part of my life. Google Contacts as well, because everything that, that comes through really passes through Google before it gets to me, and so I, I really, really use that heavily. My Google Calendar, it, if, if Google crashes, I don't know what I'm supposed to do that day. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it, it, it's very important that Google stays on the up and up for me. <laughs> And uh, you also are a big user in Google Docs, right? Google Drive? Absolutely, yeah. And we, we use that really a lot more on the podcasting side of things. Uh, but yeah, Google Docs, I am in Google Docs just about every day. What do you think about the new, um, I know you're an iOS user, we'll talk about that in a minute. What do you mm -hmm. think about them separating those apps out? Um, they separated the Drive app out to where you had to edit through your documents on Google Docs or Google Sheets or Google... Um, whatever it was, the, 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 the different apps. Now, do you, have you, have you used that at all or do you, you know, really, I, I, I am primarily in the, uh, Google spreadsheets. Um, and, and I find myself using really everything through the, 
web interface rather than through like the Google Drive app itself, okay. if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I haven't really noticed a lot of those changes uh, as, as best that I can tell. Um, but as long as it works, that's that's really all I'm concerned with. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a big user in Google. You're a big user in, in that, those different types of things. What, yes. other, what other Google apps do you use um, on a daily basis or is that it? Uh, in, in Google, uh, it's primarily Gmail, Contacts, Calendar. Uh, and that's important. And I, of course, I use Chrome, and, that, and that's nice. What I really like in Chrome is little app dashboard. Uh-huh. If, I think that's what they call it. Uh, and I just click the little apps button that's right there under my navigation bar. And, and what I like to keep Gmail, Calendar, uh, things like that right there in there. I have TweetDeck in there to manage some social media. I, do, I use Buffer as well, mm-hmm. which can queue up all of my social media on Facebook and Twitter. Usually that a lot for the Light Network. Yeah. Uh, boy, wow. I, I couldn't do anything on TLN if it weren't for Buffer. Um, and so, you know, all those things are there. I like to keep my web apps just nice and neatly right there in Chrome. Sometimes I like to pretend I have a Chromebook, you know, yeah. just for fun. So you're you're actually using the web interface for a lot of different things. Are you using the web interface right. for your Gmail? Yes. Yes, I do. And, mm-hmm. you're, you, and the same with the, your Google Calendar? Exactly. Okay. Yes. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people I know, and I, I do it myself, is they use Gmail, but they use independent apps for that. Um, right. They'll use... Yeah, you know, the only thing I don't... I, personally, I just don't like having all that stuff on my hard drive. Yeah, I completely I, understand, yeah. I keep so much email. It's it's actually pretty embarrassing. For, 41% of my Gmail inbox is, is filled right now. And, I mean, that's years of emails that are just saved. I, I have a problem. I'm a digital hoarder, Chad. I have a, <laughs> I have a big problem. Um, so I just I prefer to do it that way. Now, like on my in iOS, I'll use the mail app or I'll use the calendar app instead of fooling with going through, um, you know, the the uh, the other apps that I could use or going through the web interface. Yeah, and you, uh, I, you know, I still I still prefer that. And you are a Mac user, so you're using um, Chrome on a Mac. Yeah, exactly. I've got I've got OS 10 Mavericks here. I have a a, a uh, what is it? 13 inch MacBook Air. Uh, that I've had since 2012. It's it's functioning very well, and uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Do you think that that machine, the the MacBook Air, and I've seen a lot of preachers that when they step into a Mac, and it's even better now, is because they dropped the price a hundred bucks on the brand new ones. And would you would you say that to a preacher that's looking to move to a Mac that that would be almost the kind of the perfect laptop, the machine to use if you're a preacher? Yeah, you know that's that's what I recommend to people if they ask me, uh, and and sometimes I'll say, you know, do I need to go all the way up to the MacBook Pro? And and for me, I don't I don't see any reason why. And I do some pretty heavy stuff. The entire Light Network was built on my MacBook Air. Um, you know, the websites, the graphics, um, you know, all that stuff was built on this, and uh, it it has been everything. I've never felt as though I was limited by any part of it. Now there are some people I've found who who feel like it's kind of flimsy because it's so thin yeah. and, until they touch it, and then they find that it's sturdy. But even still, like my wife, for example, she Emily says, I just I don't want to carry it because I'm scared I'll drop it and it'll break easily because it's so tiny. And she wants something that feels a little more robust. Uh-huh. And so, you know, if that's the case, maybe you should go the pro. Personally, I love the size. I love the portability. It's super light. Um, it's everything that I could ever want and more. And and that is in the 11 inch and 13 inch uh, variations, and you've got the 13 inch. And um, 11 is a little too small, but it's like a yeah. perfect little uh, one of those little netbook size 
um, ones, and it's it's actually really really great if you want a tiny little machine. But uh, man, that 13-inch MacBook Pro is is really a great way to go if you're going to do. And you know, um, college students are asking me right now, oh, what, yeah. what is a great computer? And I'm like, well, are you going to do any video editing? And they're like, no. And I'm, are you going to do any like engineering or nursing programs or anything like that? And I, no. And I was like, MacBook Air. And because that is, it's a machine, just like you said, it does a lot of stuff. And you know, it's a very capable at doing a lot of stuff except the most high-end things like high-definition video mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a great choice. Right. Now, I've, I've dabbled in just some, I mean, only when I had to. I've got another machine I can do video editing on if I need to. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of that anymore these days. I used to do more than I do now. And I've dabbled in some video, and I have found that to be a little laggy on the MacBook Air. Um, you know, it's just it's just a little too intense for it. Yeah. Plus all the, the junk I have on it, it's it's almost full. So, yeah, you're right. If you're doing video type stuff, um, but every, like I say, everything else. What I do on a day-to-day basis, I don't need any more than that. Well, great. Now, what else are you, now I know you're a, you're a Mac guy, you're an iOS guy, you live in the Apple-verse, mm-hmm. you're, you're a Google guy. Yeah. It's really funny that you're so reliant on Google, but yet you're using well, Apple you know, products. And how does, right, that, how does that work for you? I, I tell you, iCloud, back in the early days, uh, it just... I found it to be buggy, and I would use it some, and then like one day my contacts would be gone. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. the same thing with Calendar as well. And I said, you know, I can't rely on this. And Google was already established. This has been several years ago, and so I decided I- I'm just going to go Google. And I've never looked back. It can be somewhat of a pain, especially you know I turn on do uh, two step authentication and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And so when you get a new device, that's <laughs> that's a very difficult thing to go through. But I feel like it's secure. Google is is reliable. I, I just I've loved everything about it, and that's the reason why I just I've just stayed there. But you know what? I really like on the calendar apps. Whether you're talking about on the the Mac desktop or in iOS, I found that everything talks very nicely to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know what? If somebody were to pick up my phone and just start swiping through it, they would they wouldn't probably recognize that I'm using Google on the back end of it. So. So you use an uh, you you've said before you use an iPad Mini to pre- to preach from. Now, how do you get your stuff and your lessons and classes and all that other stuff that you're preaching? And I would assume. I, let me ask you: uh, Do you do you preach from an iPad Mini? I do. Now, I, I, I'm I'm sort of a weird hybrid of old school and tech guy on when I'm when it comes to preaching. I, I like to have the paper copy of my Bible with me. I've heard that. That's a that's a thing that most preachers actually do. I actually like that as well. Right. I, I do. You know, I've got notes in my Bible from my personal studies and things. I just, I want that. And if I can get by with not having any notes other than what my what is in my Bible, then I'll do that. That's actually, for me, my, my preference. Uh-huh. But when I have an outline, which is not uncommon, uh, I use my iPad mini. And I type out all my outlines. I have a little template I use in Pages. It really, and I, I know that you use some much more simpler type programs and apps for for sermon outlines and class notes. Uh-huh. Uh, and really, Pages is a lot more than what I need for a simple outline. But uh, I, I just use it for everything else, and so that's just what I what I've used for quite some time. I'll export that as a PDF because I don't really need to edit it. I'm scared. I've always been scared that while I was preaching, I was going to like delete the rest of the sermon when I was midway through because I had an editable thing in yeah. front of me. Uh-huh. So I export it as a PDF, and that makes it nice, too, because I'm not having to scroll up and down. I find it's much easier if I can just do a little flip if I have to go to the second page 
from right to left. And so what I do is I just export it to iBooks and then I use Dropbox to, uh, I mean, to PDF. I use Dropbox to get it over to my iPad and then open that in iBooks. Okay. And that's, that's just the way I've always done it. Uh, I know that there are probably some other things out there that might be better, but for me, I've done it this way for so long. I'm just, it works well for me, so I don't change. I'm, I may be becoming an old fogey, Chad. Well, you know, <laughs> it's not, and, that, and that's a great point, but it's not so much as what's most efficient. It's what has worked for you. Right, exactly. And, and, it's, and it's, you know, if, if, that's your work, if that's what you're used to, then that's exactly what you, uh, you need to keep on doing. And I, I hope I stress that on this podcast in particular. If, if something, you know, don't, don't change your, your workflow every single month or something because you think you found something new. Mm-hmm. It, use what works for you. If iBooks right. works for you, iBooks most certainly would not work for me because I don't work in PDFs and, and I don't right. work in any of that. But it works for you. And, and iBooks is actually a pretty nice, I would imagine that you've got a few PDFs in there and it looks pretty nice to be able to look at, categorize those and everything and search those. Yeah, and, exactly. What, so, one thing I do like, if, if I'm doing like a gospel meeting somewhere, I will create a new, what do they call it, collection in iBooks uh-huh. just for that meeting. And as I title my PDFs, I, I title them based upon the order of the sermons that I'm doing. And so generally, I'll, I'll have a little schedule just for me, and that'll be titled 00-East you know, Hill Church of Christ Meeting 2014. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the sermons, you know, you'll have probably six sermons if you're doing a Sunday through Wednesday meeting, three on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so I'll do 01-sermon title, 02, all the way down through 06. And so I know that, you know, 04 is Monday night because Sundays are 0, 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. And, and I like that. It keeps them in a nice order. Um, you know, if I ever want to go back and let's say I'm doing a series for that meeting, and let's say I want to preach that same series at East Hill or North Charleston sometime, I just go to back to that collection. It's all right there in a nice, clean thing. Over time, you know, eventually I'll purge them off my iPad. But for now, I've got them. And also, that's helpful, too, if you're ever in that situation where you're visiting somewhere and they just insist that you preach, you know? Uh-huh. And so, hey, I've just got it right there on my iPad mini. I've got, you know, probably tons of sermons I can choose from. I'll pick my favorite and choose that one. So, that's actually good. That's actually a really good point to make, too, because uh, PDFs are kind of the transferable medium these days, too, because you can right. get a PDF anywhere, and anybody can read it through any browser on any PDF. That's right. And, and that's a really great way to turn it. Not everybody's going to be able to look at my plain text or my Evernote note that's in some proprietary format, uh, but a PDF, you know, PDFs have been around a while, and they're going to be around a lot longer. So, right. uh, and, and I like it, too. If someone says, you know, hey, can I, can I get a copy of your outline or your notes? Yeah, you, you know? can just email it right to them. Right. I don't have to do anything special. Yeah, I'll shoot you exactly what I've got. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that makes it easier. Very cool. So that is how you preach. What are let, let me do. I know you've talked about Accordance as your favorite Bible app before. Yes, you're right. And and what other a- applications and Bible, uh, I guess, resources are you using? Well, you know, Accordance is probably number one for me. Uh, I spend a lot of time into it, and you know, we it's an investment as any of these are, uh-huh. uh, any of the big the big Bible programs that you're going to use. And so I've got it not only on my computer, I also have it on my iPad and on my iPhone, and and it syncs beautifully where I can download modules and all that stuff. Uh, so that's pretty much if I'm doing some Bible study, I've got that. I've got some eBooks as well that I might use uh, that may be in the Kindle app or something like that that I can reference. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm kind of using those in terms of Bible study. Generally speaking, in ministry type apps, 
Uh, I have a journaling app called Day One that I'll use. Yeah, that's a really great. Um, yeah, I really like it. That's good for a lot of different things. Uh, You're I know, right. I know people keep up with mileage that way. I know people mm-hmm. keep up with meetings. You know, when they meet with someone, they write yeah. a small, you know, quip about that and say, you know, they'll email it to their elders a monthly report. You know, at the end of the of the the month, Day One is actually a really great app. It is, and it's got you. You've got mobile apps as well as desktop apps. They can all sync to each other through Dropbox or iCloud. I, I just really like it. You know, it's easier for me to type than it is to write. And so, if somebody calls and I need to take notes on that phone call, I'll just fire up Day One. I've got all the notes right there. It's dated for me, and so you know that 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 works really well for me. So I'm a big fan of day one. I'm probably in that a lot. Uh, otherwise, you know, Dropbox is important. Uh, I use Scrivener for you know blogging, blogging, and other writing and things, manuscripts, other kind of assignments that I have from time to time. Scrivener is way more than what I need it for. I'm hardly a, an author. Um, you know, somebody like Michael Whitworth can really get your money's worth out of Scrivener. Oh yeah, Scrivener is is really great for authors. Yeah, but it, but it's it's an incredible app, and you know what? I I just I like to use the tools that professionals use. If if I if it's within my budget, I like to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why those are the top tools, and so it's it's super simple. It's it's got more power than anything I need, and that, and that too keeps my ceiling high, if you will. You know, if I ever do need to do something that's bigger than what I'm doing now, I've already got the tools. I'm already familiar with the ecosystem of the software. I, I am ready to grow. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Expand your. You're ready. You're uh, prepped for expansion is what it is. You better believe it. And uh, now let me ask you this before we move on to your, your light network kind of deal. It, do you do any, do you have any to-do list apps that you recommend or do you even use a to-do list? You're a busy guy. Well, you know what? I have gone to do to-do list apps are, that's the one area where I've constantly been going back and forth and I'm constantly trying to find the perfect one for me. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't like, you, you know, I'll I tell you what my favorite thing is, uh, but it, it, there's got some holes in it. I like the list view in the calendar app because it just shows me what I'm supposed to do. The problem is, you know, if, if you need to make some kind of checkoff list, that doesn't really work that well for uh-huh. something that's not timed or something like that. Uh-huh. I still use a good old fashioned paper list because I can't find exactly what I'm looking for. I used for a long time wonder list. And uh, it, it worked really well for me for a while. I mean, you know, just a little free. It's got a web app. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it started kind of getting buggy. And there was one time when I spent a lot of time typing a bunch of stuff into it, and it didn't sync. And so I ended up switching from that. Uh, I used to do for quite some time as well. It just wasn't exactly what I wanted. And that's the problem. You know, these things, at least for me, the time management stuff is so subjective. Yes. You know, and do you want tags? Do you want context? Do you want, you know, labels and all that? And I just, I just want a simple to do list. And what I would like to be able to do as well is to take that to do list and then plug that into segments as I plan my day. I like to plan my day into quarters. And, and so I like to say, I like to make my to do list on one column. And then I like to look at my, my quartered up week. Ahead, and I'd say, okay, I'm going to plug this into this and this into this. And if an ideal week actually comes to be, then all that stuff will fall into place just perfectly. And at least I have a plan that way. Uh, and so, because of that, I've got me a little paper template that I that I print off and that I plug into. But I, I'm still in the dark ages on that. That's a, 
hey, again, <laughs> if it works for you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's know? the thing. It's, it's what works, right? Exactly. That's, that's what we got to do. And, and you know, that's to-do lists have been a constant struggle for me. I think there's an upcoming show here this summer. We're going to talk about to-do lists and project management. And, um, man, oh, man, I, I tell you what, I've used uh, lots of different ones, and I still am not satisfied with some of them. So, But you're right. Um, it, it, whatever works for you, whatever works for you. That's right. Um, let's move on. Anything to add on your on your preaching workflow, your personal kind of uh, study workflow, things like that? Yeah, I guess the only big thing that I have not mentioned is Keynote, and I I just I use Keynote every single week, every single sermon. Uh, it, I just I love it. It's fluid. It's nice. I've used it for a long time. What makes Keynote, it better than PowerPoint? Because I, I know a lot of preachers that that are stuck on PowerPoint. They'll never even consider anything else. Right, right. Well, number one, if I can get out of the Microsoft ecosystem, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, now to their credit, you're right. They're you're doing right. they're doing great stuff now. You're exactly right. I don't about I don't know what it is, but the last six or eight months they've been doing some pretty great stuff. OneNote is actually what I'm using right now, and it's great. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really good stuff, and yeah. and I say that in jest. Uh, but with 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 Keynote, I've just always liked it because when when I hear it again, I switched to Keynote some time ago, several years ago, and when I did at that time, PowerPoint was, you know, the transitions and and the motions and things uh-huh. were just that they were kind of late know. late nineties is what they were. They, well, they were. That's that's one thing, and then they didn't on the screen. The animations were like. You know, jilted and stuff. It, uh-huh. it just wasn't, and and I found that to be distracting. And so keynote was so smooth, and it always is so fluid. And I just really liked that. That that honestly, that's the reason why I changed. I don't really ever run into situations where I need it to be, you know, cross platform some somewhere else. If I'm in that situation, I probably just won't use it. Yeah. And so, you know, for the most part, if I'm if I'm in in the pulpit where I usually am at East Hill or wherever, and I know my system that I'm working with, we've got an all Mac system at East Hill, so I can just pop it right in there and everything's good. And so, from that perspective, I I really like Keynote. Very cool. Anything else on that on your preaching? You know what? That's probably there's, there's a lot of things that I could add, but the, the apps that I've mentioned, I'd like, there's not a lot of glitz and glamour there. But these are the ones that I'm in. Every day, every day. So very good. Okay, let's uh, let's jump to a little bit of a different uh, horse, I guess. A uh, the, the Light Network, and you've already mentioned what the Light Network is. It's a it's a network of podcasts that you've been uh, working on for what about two years? Two years now. Yeah, we're coming up on that. It started in uh, January of 2013, so we're we're about a year and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how, what do you use and how did you build, you know, you said you get a lot of questions about podcasting right. and a lot of questions about the website. Let's, let's start there with the website. Okay, sure. Well, uh, the, the website itself is a self-hosted WordPress site. Uh, and that's kind of the back end of it. And, and, and for people who don't know, you know, just, just do some digging around. There's a difference between wordpress.com and wordpress.org. Uh-huh. And um, essentially, what we do is we we use Bluehost. They've been very good to us, and and we we like what they do. Bluehost we use for the actual server information, the data stuff, everything stored there. We've got a, an install of WordPress onto that, and so our domain points to that for us, and and we're able to use it that way. You know, we we looked around at different options. We looked around at Squarespace and things like that. And um, basically what it came down to was all the training videos that I found online about podcasting at the time were all WordPress-centered. Uh-huh. And so that's the reason why I went with WordPress. And you know what? I'm glad that we did. 
it's it seems to me to be and my my colleague Chris Clevenger uses Squarespace for his uh, blog, his personal website, mm-hmm. and he, he he the way he likens it is this: WordPress seems to be a little more customizable, if you will. Um, it is, you know, and and so uh, I'm not really proficient in a lot of this stuff. But I, I know enough to get me by, and uh, so we, we, we purchased a theme. It's about time for us to update our website, but anyway, that's on the list. Uh, we, we purchased a theme and uh, you know just started building the network around it, went from there. We've used a lot of – WordPress has plugins and things that you can use. Add-ons and, that, and different things like that. Exactly. And exactly. what people need to understand, uh, Robert, if you're just a newbie with this, if you have no idea how to even start a website – I mean, basically, it's like a three-step process if you want to do WordPress. You buy your domain, which is your Mm -hmm. .com. You buy your hosting, which is basically probably from the same place you bought your domain. Bluehost is a great place to start. And then um, what you will do is you will install WordPress on that server. And they they make that pretty, uh, you know, places like GoDaddy and Bluehost and HostGator, they make it actually uh, really easy to install that. And once you do that, all you'll do is just log on to a website on your computer mm-hmm. and you'll have like a, a graphical user interface to kind of mess with stuff right there, don't you? Which is, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, and Bluehost made it re- – you click one button, you sit there and watch the little progress bar go across. WordPress is installed on your server. Exactly. It was, it was awesome. Now, we use that for the website side, but what a, a lot of people don't understand and realize is that um, the, the podcasting side of things – Really, at least the way that I do things, it needs its own hosting. I, I don't want to rely on Bluehost, and I don't want to dump all the podcast media in the same place where all of the rest of my website media is. Yeah, of course. And so uh, we use a, we use a company called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com, and they've been really great to us. We have we essentially we have to. This is a little a paid um, account, and we, each each uh, show each podcast has its own individual account, and so. Here's Preachers in Training. Here's Biblical Manliness. Here's Culture Shock. Here's the book club. And uh, we just dump every one of those into there. The beautiful thing I really like about Libsyn is uh, we, we have a, a certain amount of space that we are allowed to upload each month. And then once the month recycles, what's already uploaded there can live on forever as long as you pay your bill. Oh, cool! <laughs> and, yeah, which is wonderful. And so, as you know, and and uh, we we use the fifteen dollar a month plan. I, I forget exactly how much we get to upload in a month's time, but we'll come close to using the max, but we never go up to the max. And so, it's perfect for us. We just upload it, and then it lives there forever. Very, very cool. Right. And then we've installed, like you mentioned, the add-ons and the plugins. And we have a uh, a plugin called Blueberry, which is uh, a company that's been really good for a very long time for podcasters. You, you spell that for us, right quick. Uh, I think it's B L U B R R Y. That's the reason why I said it so weird. Blueberry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so that that's a plugin that that I use, and um, with, that basically essentially gives me a little media field on the back end of my website. So when I'm creating a new post, like a blog post, is really all that it is. Um, I'll, I'll put the title up there, you know, Preachers in Training, episode 57, and then I'll put the show notes in, and then I've uploaded already my podcast file itself to Libsyn, and I just copy, Libsyn gives me a link to the MP3. I copy and paste that into the Blueberry um, plugin, which is right there in that post, 
And then Blueberry does the rest to actually give me a nice interface on the front end of things. There's a little play button that comes across, and people can play it there. And, of course, then, because it's there in the website, that website drives the RSS feed, obviously. The RSS feed goes to iTunes and to the other places where podcasts are disseminated. And then iTunes says, hey, here's a new episode of Preachers in Training. Do you want to download it or subscribe? And people say yes, and they do. And so it's a very automated thing. Once once everything is uploaded, once it's there in the website, it all does the rest for me, and and that's very important for me. <laughs> and once your um, once your podcast is on iTunes, I mean you've you've basically that's the hardest part is getting all this set up. Once you get right. all of it set up, it kind of it works like a well oiled machine. You're you're right. And you know what? I know there was a time back in the day you had to go in and Chad. I know you even have some experience with this. Going in there and building RSS feeds. Oh yes, you know from scratch. XML and, files are oh. the bane of my existence. <laughs> exactly, they really are. And the beautiful part about WordPress is WordPress will generate its own RSS feed on any segment of your website, which is beautiful. Yes. Um, and so what we've done, for example, within WordPress is every podcast, every show has its own tag. And what we did was we just took the tags, turned those into the RSS feeds. We send them through Google's feed burner just mm -hmm. in case we ever wanted to change the website. That way, the, what iTunes sees is the feed burner feed. And if we ever wanted to move to Squarespace, for example, or, or whatever. You could just uh, do the feed replacement there. You and, got it. And make you it got change. it. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly and, what I do with Ministry Bits, and you can move it um, anywhere you'd like to do. Exactly. It's really nice. And iTunes doesn't know the difference. And a lot and, of and yeah, exactly. And a lot of people don't understand exactly what feed burner is. I'm actually going to be talking about that next week on the show. So a little awesome. teaser, little teaser for next week. We're going to talk about feed burner. It's really not that big of a deal. You just have to have an RSS feed for it to pull from on an existing website. So mm -hmm. am I am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my understanding of it. Yeah. You know, I I get the impression that it can do a lot more than what I do with it. Uh -huh. But you know, I just use it as a little. It's it's just my front end for iTunes, and so as long as Apple's happy, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so. it almost feels like if you want to get your stuff on iTunes, sometimes if if Apple ain't happy, then then nobody's happy. So well, you're exactly right. You know, Apple has some very very strict specifications and they will not I've learned they won't necessarily deny your podcast if they don't meet all these specifications they may for some of them but what I have learned is that and you know this too they won't feature your podcast yes, yes. Um, and so what you know it, it really turns you just have to play Apple's game it's not an it's not necessarily a numbers game uh, you know you could have a very successful podcast but my understanding is if your artwork is not 1400 by 1400 pixels, then Apple's not going to promote you in the new and noteworthy, featured, anything like that. Well, when we were trying to get some podcasts uh, ready for iTunes on the AIM network, um, one of our guys that was working on that didn't have the artwork in the proper format, and it, Apple would not accept it. It said, Is that right? It needs to be a good resolution, be clear on the page. They will not let you submit anything that doesn't look good. That's the very, you know, that's the very epitome of Apple. If it doesn't look good, it's not going to be on our stuff. So, right. And, you know, I appreciate that sometimes, and then sometimes it, it irritates me. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to appreciate it, and I try to to, to make sure that I'm uh, complying with everything. And, I mean, right. then again, once you get everything set up, uh, once your podcast feed is, is accepted and approved, uh, it's it's just smooth sailing from there. You really don't, don't have to do anything else with it. Yeah, you're right. And you know what, you know what I really hate? When we first started the Light Network, uh, the, the I think I want to say the artwork specifications 
uh, was 600 by 600. You're correct. It was, and in fact, I remember when it was 500 by 500. So yeah. it was, they even That's upped crazy. it up to that. So yeah. But and then they said, they said, Oh, we want 1200 by 1200. Well, yeah. I had to go and do that times nine, you know, yep. which was irritating. Yep. And then a few weeks later they said, Oh no, no, we want 1400 by 1400. So and anyway, hashtag podcaster woes. That's, that's all this <laughs> that's is. That's exactly pod podcaster woes. <laughs> the the high resolution screens are are ruining everything. You know, the retina screens on yeah. on the devices and on the computers are uh, are making everybody do uh, high res things and making to make everything look good. So That's right. But I I, I guess it's uh making the web better uh, one podcast at a time, I guess. That's right. Hey, you know, sometimes people ask me, you know, and they say, "I don't have a big budget. I'm wanting to do some podcasting." Um, it, thing number one that, that I like to tell people is that podcasting, as far as I'm concerned, it's never free. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that's important. You know, you've got to have some storage. You need a place that's going to be reliable because what if your show takes off? What if it's wildly popular? You don't want to bring your website down because you were trying to pinch pennies with it. Uh-huh. Um, and so that, that's one thing. I think the, and you can, I, I think that you're going to agree with this. I think that audio quality is really important. Oh, I think, I think it's one of the, you know, God bless them. I love TalkShoe. Right. Um, but TalkShoe has some horrible quality. You're right. I don't know why it's so horrible exactly. I've never bothered to figure it out, but it just is not. I almost it's it's like listening to a, a grater on my ears. You know, I just can't listen yeah. to some some of the podcasts with that. And and some of the AIM guys use use TalkShoe, and it's a really great tool. Except the audio quality is horrible. And I right. agree with you. Audio quality to me is is has to be top notch. Absolutely, people people will turn you. Off. And what I've learned is that people will accept poor video, but they will not tolerate poor audio. That's correct because you've and, got you've got these nice. Every, I mean, you buy any kind of car today, and it's got a nice stereo system in it. And mm-hmm. uh, that's when people are going to be listening to your podcast. They're going to be listening to it on these nice Apple earbuds or even better headphones. Mm-hmm. They're not going to tolerate. Uh, bad audio these days. Yeah. The very least people have are the Apple earbuds. Exactly. These days, you know, I mean, exactly. and those and those they're not terrible. They're no, not terrible. No, they're not. No, they're not at all. And they give good audio quality. And uh, people are going to expect you. That's one of the, the main focuses I had with this podcast is I really wanted it to sound good, and I right. wanted it to sound like it was was professional because it you know it is. It, it, Absolutely. I, I use professional tools to put it together, so it should right. at least be professional. So, but yeah. this is what I love about podcasting is that you can you can sound professional even though you know you're recording in your office, even though I, I'm recording in my home office right now. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows, you know, that I'm in little Podunk, Pulaski, Tennessee, unless, <laughs> unless I told you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we we can produce a high quality something that sounds just as good as what anybody else can produce. Yep. And uh, we can do that for relatively cheap. You can get in, you can get on into it, but we're we're not talking anything in comparison to you know what what it could be. Oh, we're talking if you if you invest some money into it, uh, we're talking a couple hundred dollars a year. You're right. Uh, to pay for the storage and to get the initial buy-in for maybe a good mic, um, a good um, setup, you know, a good podcasting setup. And if you got a Mac, uh, I don't know what you what audio uh, program you use to edit your podcast with, but I found GarageBand is is fantastic to yeah. edit audio with. Yeah, we use Audacity, which is, is Audacity free as is, well. Yeah, Audacity is fantastic as well. Right. I use that to edit audio sermons here at the church. Mm-hmm. So, really great. Yes, what, sir. what else do you want to mention on the uh, the Light Network side there before we kind of uh, wrap the show up? 
You know, uh, the, the the one tool that I have not mentioned that is a part of our workflow, of course, you know, you record something, we record that into Audacity, we then edit that, we put intros and outros on it, we export that as an MP3, mm-hmm. all of that is is can be done free through Audacity. The MP3, I think, is an, is an extra download that you have to add on to it, but it's free. It is. Um, but but then we use a little program called ID3 Editor, and uh, we use that just to to do the the metadata, just do the little tagging on the podcast itself. And and for those who may not be familiar with this, this this is just the the information that is actually embedded into the file itself, and it consists of the the show, the show title, maybe the episode number if you put that in there, the host name. Uh, we we even put in there that it came from the Light Network. We put our website in there. We have some contact information in there, and we have the show artwork in there. And uh, that, that that's kind of an important thing. That that kind of helps for people who subscribe to it, especially in iOS devices or or things like that. Uh, and so that that is in there. Um, and that's just one little quick thing that we do. We click update, and then from there we up, upload that to Libsyn. We stick it in through Blueberry on our WordPress site. We hit schedule or publish, and it populates all our RSS feeds to iTunes and wherever else we go. And so it, it's a pretty simple process. That actually, well, I mean, again, once you get it all set up, it's it actually right. is a pretty simple process. You've got it streamlined to just about four or five steps there, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, that's wonderful. What uh, kind of a, a bonus question here? What okay. uh, what podcatchers or podcast apps do you recommend for listening? To podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about this next week, but uh, what, which ones do you recommend, like on iOS or maybe even on the Mac? Right. My, I, you know, I don't listen to much on the Mac itself. Yeah, um, yeah me neither. But on my on my phone and on my iPad, both I have Downcast. Okay. And it, it it is just it's it's important to me. I subscribe to enough podcasts. I really like what my main feature in it is that I can not only subscribe to all my podcasts in Downcast. But then I can put those in playlists, mm-hmm. and so I like I have a spiritual playlist. I have a workflow playlist. I really like to listen to you know time management workflow type podcasts as well. I like to stick those in. I have a news playlist, and so you know what I can just kind of ah, what am I feeling today? And I don't have to go flipping through all of my you know podcasts to which I subscribe. I can just go. You know what I'm feeling something workflow today. I'm feeling. I like to listen to spiritual things in the morning. I'm feeling. I'm feeling spiritual this morning. You know, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna click on spiritual and then I'm gonna. You know, tap on whatever I want to play. And that's really nice. Another thing I like about Downcast is uh, it will automatically um, only keep the latest episode on there for me, so I don't. You know, wind up with. Hundreds of episodes uh-huh. backlogged. Uh-huh. I may not listen to every episode that that I subscribe to in the podcast, and so I like that it just it deletes the old, it keeps the new. If I'm in the middle of playing an old one and then a new one comes out, it'll keep both of those. But I kind of like that, and that's it's those kind of features I think that make Downcast worth paying for. Yeah, and uh, I mean I'd say Downcasts, Pocket Casts, right. and Instacast are your your top three podcasting apps on, mm-hmm. on your device, Android devices and iOS devices. So yeah. Yeah, we're going to be talking about those a little bit more next week, but your, your one of choice is downcast. Very nice. It is very nice. Okay. Anything else, Robert, anything else you want to mention or uh, we'll close out the show here after the prayer, but um, mm-hmm. anything else you want to mention on far as uh, apps and workflows? You know, uh, that, that is, that is pretty much the, uh, the short end of what we do at, with the light network. And and like I say, it's it's uh, I I just think it's it's very easy to do. 
Like it, it is once you have to get it set up, you do have to work on it and things like that. But there are so many videos. Many of those are free, and you can look on YouTube and places like that. Um, I, I learned a lot about podcasting by going to Cliff Ravenscraft's website, which is podcastanswerman.com. He, he likes he thinks a lot of his products and he'll he likes to sell them to you but he's got a lot of free stuff on there too and if you just pick through some of that you can you can really come up with a lot of information if you're just trying to figure out you know maybe you're wanting to set up a podcast for the sermons at the congregation where you attend or, or whatever um, and he makes that he makes that very easy to do so very cool yeah, I've been to um, Podcast Answer Man. It's it's he's got some really good stuff, and uh, yeah, I mean, I can un- fully understand promoting your brand and wanting them to buy oh, that sure. stuff. I I understand that, but at the same time, when he's got great stuff that he offers for free as well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. You better believe it. And <laughs> you know what? I use, we used Cliff Ravenscraft actually to help us. Uh, I actually paid for his WordPress tutorial because it it showed me specifically how to set up a WordPress website. For podcasting. Oh, very cool. And I didn't know um, that existed. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? I have referenced that many, many times uh, throughout the the uh, inception of the Light Network. So that was that was money that was well spent. Very cool. Well, uh, Robert, we're gonna have a prayer and then we will um, wrap this uh, show up. Sounds good. Okay, let's uh, let's go to God in prayer and let's pray for our ministries and pray for. Uh, Pray for us as, as well as your, as your upcoming move. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you have blessed us with. Thank you so much that you have allowed us to be here. Uh, you've allowed us to be in the positions that we're in as preachers, as youth ministers, as leaders in our congregations, Lord. And please help us to uh, use those positions wisely. Help us to, uh, to use this technology and use the different tools that we have at our disposal uh, for your glory in all things, Lord. Help us to not get wrapped up too much in all these different uh, things that we can use, but help us to get always wrapped up in your message, Lord. Lord, we'd ask you a special blessing on Robert and his ministry at East Hill and his soon-to-be uh, ministry at, at the North Charleston Church. And Lord, we'd ask you to be with his family and him and Emily as they move uh, across the basically across the country, Lord, and please help them uh, in their move and the different transition things that come along with that. And please bless him in all the work, and you have already blessed him, but please continue to bless him in all of his work and all of his preaching, uh, your word that he has to do, Lord, here in the future. We thank you so much for him. We thank you so much for his ministry. Most of all, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ and his sacrifice to save us from our sins. And it's in his name that we pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Chad. Robert, I really appreciate you being on the show. Robert, you can be found at thelightnetwork.tv where you host and co-host a myriad of different podcasts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you can be found any any other personal blogs or uh, Twitter or anything like that you want to plug? Uh, you know what? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Robert Hatfield. Okay. And that's probably a good place. That's, I, I try and send everything that I'm doing through Twitter. Okay. So that'd probably be a good place to go. All righty. And um, you can uh, read more about Robert's open letter. He uh, posted that yesterday about his move to uh, North Charleston. They will be going there in July, so best wishes with that as well. And uh, Robert, thank you for being on the show today, man. Thanks, Chapman. I've enjoyed it. This has been fun. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, you can find the show notes to this episode at chadl.co slash mbits slash 017. And I will have all those links, what we talked about, WordPress and Bluehost and Day One and Accordance and all those different links to those apps and services. You can find those there. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ministrybits. 
and follow us on or like us rather on Facebook and follow all our information there at facebook.com slash ministry bits. Again, Robert, thank you so much. And we will see you again next week um, here on Ministry Bits. Make sure to tune in. Go out and have a blessed week.